Hi, everybody. It's the Always Loyal Podcast. Jordan Carruth, what's coming up on Episodio 24? Hello, Darren Smith. Uh, we're going to chat it up with Ricardo Pony Jimenez. He is the Spanish voice of San Diego Loyal. I'm looking forward to this conversation. There is much to discuss. Also, we're going to chat about Alejandro Guido playing himself into the MVP conversation. A uh, very energetic Guido in 2022 has carried over into a very intense Guido and a very fun Guido. All of that coming up on the Always Loyal podcast. Puede disparar, puede tocar, ya lo hace para Alejandro Guido. Este se abre porque la marca le queda rápida. Es para Jack Lay de primera intención. Hay una barrida. Despiende el balón. Es para el Toro Basel de media vuelta. ¡El Toro! ¿Qué creen, señores? ¡Gol! Así de media vuelta el pelado. Manda a guardar el balón. Y San Diego lo gana ya tranquilamente. Dos goles por cero. Gol del Toro Basel. All right, Darren, super excited to do the podcast this week, uh, mainly because what a match it was 4th of July uh, on the road for San Diego Loyal, a very impressive win. They get all three points against a very impressive team. That's why I'm excited to do the podcast this week. Uh, it's definitely fun, I'm sure, with the squad. So let's have some fun here on the pod. I like it. And I got a bit of a hot take. I think people that come to the Always Loyal podcast, they expect nothing but hot takes from Jordan and yours truly, right? Mm -hmm. That's why people tune in to this podcast got a hot take for you i think that's the win of the season up until this point now granted 18 matches in totally subjective but beating colorado springs beating switchbacks there on national television espn2 finding yourself in a situation where you lose a player for the second consecutive match red card late in the match to grant stoneman Find yourself giving up another lead. We've seen this sort of situation playing out before from a position of, of picking up three points. Now, hmm, who knows what's going to happen? So I kind of like that. I think looking at opponent in the Western Conference, seeing a club that's right ahead of you in the standings, which we'll get to coming up and seeing the third segment of the show. I, I got to say, I think, that's the, I think that's the win of the season thus far for Loyal. I like it. I like it. I don't think I would push back too much on that. I, I think you can make the argument for the win in Tampa mm. earlier this year, also three to two. Uh, what was impressive about that one is that San Diego needed to score twice late to get the win, uh, scoring in the 75th and 88th minute. Um, what, that game was on ESPN as well, wasn't it? Didn't that get recall. national television? I, I remember where I was when I was watching it. I was watching it at home and away in Old Town, but I don't remember if that was on a network. It yeah, might have been like a Deportes match. Yeah, maybe it was a, a Deportes match. I think you might be right about that because we were watching from Stone up in Escondido at the watch party, and I think we were just streaming the app from ESPN. So, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I think I could push back a little bit with Tampa Bay, but yeah, who's who's going to complain about either one of those at all? Very impressive win. Um, Landon Donovan, after the win, called Colorado Spring, uh, Springs as good of a team that Loyal played all season, which no arguing there. Um, he also mentioned they played like the home squad, which I think is, that's exactly what happened. There's There are uh, moments like that where you could be very happy coming home with a draw and just saying, hey, you got a point against a really good team, a team that you're looking up in the standings and a team that um, hasn't picked up a draw all season in Colorado Springs. You can kind of guide yourself towards that, but they didn't. They chose to, to attack. They chose to go for the win and they found a way 
uh, despite being a man down, they found a way to come home with all three and somehow, some way switchbacks, zero draws and 17 matches played this season. I don't know how that's playing out, but uh, San Diego, very happy to continue that streak. Might I also add no Kyle Vassell, who's one of the leading scorers in the USL championship this season. He's sitting out, having been suspended. We won't see him upcoming this weekend against LA Galaxy 2. You bring up Tampa. I, I thought the same thing. I thought the Rowdies win was the win of the season up until this. Again, it's totally subjective. You know what else I really like? When Loyal beats Phoenix Rising. So even though Phoenix Rising is there at the bottom of the table, I like going in the wild horse pass in the Carson or what is it called? In the Chandler. Um, Chandler. And I, I like pulling their pants down too. So, you know, that one, giving up a two-goal lead, Alejandro Guido with the the perhaps the goal of the season for Loyal up into this point. You know, that would be on my list. But any order you want to put, switchbacks, rowdies, and Chandler rising is fine by me. And you know what would uh, go ahead and take back any pushback that I could create with the Tampa Bay match? If San Diego doubles down and takes down Colorado again here in less than two weeks, they are set to play switchbacks uh, July 18th, which again is a Monday match this time in San Diego. But that's that's going to be another opportunity for those two to square off two of the best out West. And you could really double down on what happened in Colorado Springs. So uh, that should be fun. And that was a very fun way to start the week. That's for I sure. I thought it looked great on television, didn't you? I don't know what it was. And, and it looked almost, cool. It looked very cool. I'm with you. I was surprised to learn that that's turf. I thought that was grass. It looked so good on television. Mm. It wasn't until I started asking around a little bit, hey, what do you think? Is that the win of the year? Until I, I like, and I was like, oh, the field looked great. It looked fantastic on television and high def on ESPN too. That it, it was it was revealed that it was turf. I I did not know that watching the broadcast, but I'm with you. What a cool looking place. Yeah. Uh, that was a very very cool looking place. So at any rate, it, I mean it is it is a it feels like things have been returned to their proper order. Now that's three on the bounce, three consecutive matches. That's four out of five for San Diego Loyal. They're back at home upcoming this weekend. Colorado Springs. That's the rescheduled match that was postponed due to COVID. A couple of weeks or was it months ago at this point jordan so just past the midway point of the season 18 34th into it 16 left to go yeah like we might have to revisit this there's probably going to be other matches that will put into this conversation as well nine seventeenths of the way through do i have that we right are nine seventeenths of the way into the 2022 usl championship season and congratulations alejandro guido he's on the team of the week named to we, the team of the week this week we, we keep it very simple with the numbers here on the podcast i'm glad you referenced guido on the play on the team of the week because i was just going to bring him up loyal posted a video following that win against colorado springs and they run through a few of the players and their reactions on the field right after the result and uh, one of the players that they showcased was alejandro guido who who um, brought the intensity that you normally see in the 90 minutes that he's playing. Uh, he brought that intensity to the camera afterwards and I'll clean up the language a little bit. Uh, but what he said was that's what championship teams do. They grind these out. And he was referencing what just happened with San Diego winning three, two on the road, despite being down a man. Um, Alejandro Guido has played himself into the MVP conversation and not just in San Diego. That's just not like the local podcasters hyping up the, the best player on their local team. Like that's, he is one of the, if not the favorites to win the MVP this year in USL. And he seems to be locked in on a championship trophy. And he might be one of the guys that just happens to find an MVP trophy along the way. 
Um, I don't know who's betting against Alejandro Guido this year, but I wouldn't want to be the person who is if Guido seems to be on a mission this year and, and one player can only do so much. And, and the good news is he's not the only good player on this squad, but it is very clear with the way that Alejandro Guido is playing this year. Um, and just the way he's, he's kind of the energy. I think we talked about it early on when he joined the podcast, how much energy he has. I think that energy is coming out. Um, in a few different ways. I think it's coming out on the field. I think it's, it's boiling over into it in intensity, but I think it's also carried over into like a fun factor too. Like it's, he has a lot of energy and there's just, it's kind of like boiling over in a bunch of good ways. And like, he might just be collecting trophies along the way by doing it. You know, it's interesting to say that because you and I have known Alejandro for a long time. And there are certain things you can pick up when you go to the match that maybe the television camera doesn't always see. I think I was sitting with you and you and I both having gone back several years with Guido from his time with Club Tijuana, we just see a different version of him. We're not talking about the quality of play. Of course, he's making great decisions. He looks quick on the ball, smart decisions, scoring, passing, like he just, but there's something going on. There's a presence about him down on the field that you sort of see play out that, you know, it's, it's more than, you know, this, this club has a captain, it's Charlie Adams, but in terms of having somebody down there, who seems to you know, be involved in, in lining people up where they're supposed to be communicating back and forth with the, the technical area, with the coaching staff, you know, that that's a different version of Guido demanding more from teammates, right? Like it's like they're playing with a couple of different captains out there on the pitch as well. And I think that's great to see with Guido. Cause I'm sure for he's told us on a previous podcast, part of the problem for him as he saw it was, he's just not playing enough. He has to be subbed out every match at the 60, 70th minute. So, you know, does that lend itself really to be the kind of player in terms of, of actually going out in performance or being out there to, you know, to communicate and have that presence that you and I are just noticing ourselves? Not really. You know, not really if you're not, you know, if you got to be subbed out every single match. So I love it. I mean, I think it's the best version of Guido that you and I have seen at any level. I know he wasn't the one who scored the winning goal at Colorado Springs, but the match that just happened on Monday is kind of what he was talking about earlier this year on the podcast, just being available and playing an impact late into the matches. Maybe last year, those aren't the results that San Diego would find themselves getting this year. They're finding a way to win it. Now, again, he didn't score the game winning goal or anything like that, but he's playing an impact and he's out there. He's available. And that's a pretty pretty big thing. Um, hoping to play a pretty big impact this weekend. San Diego will host Los Angeles. The last time we saw Los Dos uh, was a 2-2 result in Carson. I, I think they played at the Big Boy Stadium, if I remember correctly, an empty stadium. Um, and goals in the 92nd and the 97th minutes to have it finish 2-2. So San Diego looking for some revenge against LA this weekend. Yeah, uh, opened up the season against L.A., so the second time and the last time that we'll see him at Torero Stadium, I think. I think I have that right. So, yeah, that that coming up Saturday night. Again, no Vassell, but three straight wins for Loyal, four out of five. And I, I know a lot of people follow this account. Uh, the name John Morrissey. Jordan, I'm sure it rings a bell to you. USL Tactics. If you, you know, if you like good narrative, hey, I go to the matches because it's about community and supporters groups and Heading out there, drinking a couple of beers with some buddies. Cool. If you love, he hypes the game, up uh, Guido as MVP. Yeah, he you know he also makes the case that Loyal is a legitimate title contender. Now you can sit and say, hey, okay, well, what does that mean? Playoffs kind of a crapshoot anyway. Yes. Let's just look at the history of the USL Championship. What happens during the postseason, or in any sport for that matter? 
but he makes the point this week in his tactical breakdown that he he has loyal in there amongst the championship contenders in that oh. space which you know 18 matches in doesn't mean all that much there's still 16 to go it's amazing right. we've never been through an experience like this but still i you know i think you prefer to have your club viewed that way have your squad viewed that way than the alternative right you want a, a way too early statement on yes. july 5th let's go this weekend is technically what would be the first round of the playoffs San Diego, as it lines up right now, we've only played 18 and there's 16 to go. So clearly everything will change. But if it was the end of the season now, this would be your first round matchup. LA at San Diego. Hmm. There you go. Didn't realize that. Yeah. The top seed gets a bye. I, I had to do some, uh, some reading on the postseason this year because it changes every year, as you know as a team that entered in 2020, you get a new schedule every single year. So uh, I, I often have to refresh my memory on what it is, but top seed gets a buy. We restructure the playoffs after that first round to make sure the top seed will play the worst seed available in the second round. Um, but yeah, two V seven, three V six, which right now would be San Diego against LA and then four V five. Very interesting. All I know is we'll we'll look at greater length into the table coming up in segment three, but not used to this, not used to seeing Phoenix and Orange County 11th and 12th in the Western Conference. Not used to that, not one bit, especially given what they've represented the first couple of seasons of Loyal's existence. Right, not at all. All right, cool. Um, you, you referenced segment three. Let's talk about segment two. We have a very special guest coming up on the podcast today, Darren. I do love this guy. I I miss some of our pre-match, post-match, hanging around pitch side there. But you know this this podcast we love. But being down on the pitch, uh, Ricardo Pony Jimenez is going to join us. Spanish language play-by-play voice of San Diego Loyal. You've heard his highlights, I'm sure, on television. Uh, I'm sure you've heard him here on the Always Loyal podcast. Yeah, we use gonna, him on the pod. We're going to hear from Pony, as he's often referred to. It's funny we had a conversation about you know ricardo or pony you know because we were a little confused when we were hey how can we we don't get uh pony on the show somebody said oh, ricardo like ricardo campos anyway it was much funnier i probably should have just left that off air we're but in chat with back. pony we want to chat with pony and we're going to talk to pony that's next de seguridad donde si pierde el balón pues podría ser diferente como aquí lo hace el equipo de indy la tiene tomas San Diego abre el marcador a los 29, Brandon. Esto ya está. 1 por 0 en el Torero Stadium. El gol fiel es presentado por Real Kick League. Señoras y señores, 1 a 0, la pasión del grito de gol. Let us say hello to the Spanish language play-by-play voice of San Diego Loyal. He is our friend, Ricardo Pony Jimenez, joining us on the Always Loyal podcast. Pony, good to see you. Good to chat with you. Thank you for doing this. Hi, Pony. Hey. Hey, hey, guys. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Jordan. And I, I should be saying gracias a todo mundo in Spanish because this is it's going to be like it. Mix it between Spanish and English, right? Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely right. I hope your expectations are pretty low because I promise you one thing, that your English is way better than our Spanish. You know that from all those conversations we've had pitch side. 
well, let's see what happens with this. <laughs> we can do something like Spanglish, you know? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I, I, I would like to say I, I speak a universal language and I would occasionally, Pony, I'm sorry for, for saying this on the podcast, but I would occasionally maybe bring him a, a cerveza or maybe a glass of champagne after the broadcast, of course, but that's a universal language. You show up with anyone with a beer or a glass of bubbles and uh, that's familiar. That's like show me love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to know this. We hear it. We hear always all the calls, the goal calls. We want to know how much fun is it in your booth, boy, because I will tell you, it sounds like the life of the party where you guys are broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, actually, we have a lot of fun there. Uh, Elias and I, we, we do this uh, complement of the narrative uh, uh, on the play, on the games. It's a uh, Colombian guy, so... He always have his own style, and I, I gotta say, it was his first time doing this through Elias, Elias in Spanish, lies in English, and um, and we got some fun since the first season to to this season. We always do something different. We always say something different, and we we try to put this um, spicy uh, Spanish thing that we have when when we sung the when we have to make the goals or big plays or when the guys are not playing so well, well, we have to do something else, you know, we can tell a joke, we can tell something about the, the stadium or whatever you want to do everything, but we, we cannot uh, do something. We cannot be quiet on the game. And that's the difference. I, I believe so with, between the English narrative and the Spanish narrative. Yeah, and, and we do love it as well because uh, I'd love to know too, like like we asked Jack a couple of weeks ago what his week of preparation was like preparing for a match. And I want to ask the same question of you. Uh, I mean, if, of how you prepare, what you think you're going to talk about, storylines and things like that. Yeah, this is the uh, Elias part. He always prepared the game with um, some numbers, uh the goals, who's the player who has more goals, what, what was, uh, which was the last game between the, those teams are playing on the field, um, the last guy who scored a goal, who's the, and all kinds of stuff. It's, 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 it's statistics, right? And, um, we, and the, the part I do is prepare with the, with the 11, initial 11. So I start to see the who's going to play. And if somebody's in injury, it's going to play Coque Vega, so it's going to be Guerrero. And I, from that, I'm starting to do my alignment. And, and I say, well, this is going to be last, like the last uh, week. Or maybe it's going to change a little bit. But uh, that's the way we prepare the games. And the rest is on the way. Can you hear Jack Cronin in the other booth during your broadcast? Never. <laughs> I don't know why, but I never hear them. Maybe they hear us, but no, never, never. And and sometimes I ask you, Elias, hey, do you hear something about the ball in, in, in the other cabin? He says, no, no, man, never. Because we scream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we actually um, scream a lot. Yeah. Tell us, give us a little bit of your background. How did you become the Spanish voice of San Diego Loyal? It was, this is funny because um, I was on the, um, on the Univision studio. Uh, I, I got both uh, news 
do I have to work every day in, in for uh, San Diego, Costa, and, and, and other markets? And Elias sits there with me. Uh, but that day, Elias, it was on a vacation. And Landon Donovan came to see if uh, we can have a chat or interview about the San Diego Lawyers, who's going to be playing the next season and the USL championship. And, and they want to inform us. And, and they need uh, a Spanish television who can talk about them. And I make the interview with Landon. He, you know, he speaks Spanish very good. And uh, when we we're talking at the, when we finished the interview, he just stand up and asked me, hey, do you like to, or you have um, any experience doing uh, soccer games? And I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Guadalajara, Mexico, I do a lot of the teams. I have Chivas, I have America, I have Atlas, I have even Cholos when I started in this. Uh, I do channels for the radio and the, and the TV, and he is and he says, mm, "I like the idea. You're gonna be my next broadcaster in Spanish." And I was like, "Well, I'm here if you want to. I'm glad to do that." And and it happens. Three months later, they grind me and they resolve everything with Univision. That's the um, cadena with um, working for, and and it was ready. So I started like that. That's amazing. Landon Donovan himself approached mm -hmm. you and found out if you were interested in doing the broadcast. That's it. Huh. It sounds like easy, but uh, I believe it was like a dream for me uh, doing this in Spanish for an um, US, uh, USA team, you know? Mm -hmm. Because well, I yeah, always I do Liga MX and never do this before from MLS or something like that. Well, I, I mean, I was going to ask that too, because, you know, you work and you live in Tijuana mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm South Bay, but you know, not, not in Tijuana. So does anybody know who San Diego Loyal is in Tijuana? You know, they always talk about representing the region, you know, and being binational and, you know, everybody knows it's an expansion club only in season number three and COVID. Right. So, you know, they had some very unique challenges. But, but, you know, you can start to see a little bit of growth. You know, it's getting bigger all the time. And, and I, you know, I wonder in your experience in your travel, you know, if you ever notice anything along those lines. Well, it's hard to, um, to see people using uh, here in Tijuana the, the San Diego Loyos jerseys because everyone's like goes crazy for Cholos and America and Chivas and Mexicans league teams, right? But uh, yeah, they, they, they ask me, people, I, if I walk in the street and they ask me about Loyal and uh, they know there's a team who's playing with Landon Donovan on, on the board and um, they know this, this team is winning and, um, and they do it because this match is between uh, San Diego Loyal and Cholos helps to some kind of way people in Tijuana start to recognize uh, this um, this team. So yeah, not much, but they starting to hear about uh, San Diego Loyals. Is soccer, is football your favorite sport to broadcast or do you have experience doing other sports as well? I have experience in basketball, baseball, and uh, American football and, and soccer. Yeah, the most I like it's soccer. 
Why? Well, for us, football. football. <laughs> Why is football your favorite? Because um, I, I, I think I love it. I, I grew up uh, watching football, playing football. Like, you know, in Mexico, it's like kind of religion to, to play football, soccer here. And uh, that's why I, I, I like it a lot. So, yeah, I do that. And the second ball, it's the uh, American football, football for you guys. Uh, that's the second one. I love it. I, I used to play two when I was younger. And, and I like it a lot, but it's kind of different. And basketball and baseball, when when you do this in baseball, for me, it's so hard because it's so slowly. And that's the difference. I can do, I can, I can for reals. I can do nothing slowly. I have to do it with my rim, you know, with, with reading faster and, and talk a lot and scream a lot. And, and when you do baseball, you cannot do that only when, when you got I have big hit or or um, or a home run or something like that because the rest is just statistics. Talking about the players, talking about the stadium, talking about whatever else. When the pitcher is hitting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and basketball is kind of different too. Have you ever timed one of your goal calls? We hear them. The club promotes them. You have uh, a style goal, right? Like like. I don't know, you know, how how one practices that, if one practices that, but how how long can we go on a on a goal call? Well, I know I, I know what you're telling me because in the stadium I heard it too. That goal from uh, Tommy Moshevan, it was um, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I only saw Tommy like moving the film in. Um, and uh, he, the rivals, he was standing there, singing, and, and Tommy was getting into the, for me, like getting into the kitchen and open the refrigerator and, and get some beer and then scores the goal, you know? It was so easy for him. And, and, and I was imagining that, taking in a beer and then a Sunday afternoon, like playing like with kids of six years old. For me, was that was Tommy Moshevan. And, and when he scores this, this goal, I was like, I just get crazy and I, I think it was like 30, 40 seconds with my God, unbelievable. He got into the kitchen, he walked into the kitchen, he opened the refrigerator, he started to drink in a beer and also he makes the goal and, and it was like, like crazy for me that, that, that goal with Tommy Moshevan and, and um, they put it, the nickname like, Como te quiero Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> All right, I love you Tommy. Do you have a favorite player on the team? Is there like a certain player where you get especially excited to do a goal call for? The first season, it was uh, Jack Blake. Because, I don't know, he, he has uh, magic on the fits, on, on his fits. Uh, when he touched the ball, he was, he, he plays like, maybe it sounds like crazy, but he, he used to play like Maradona, you know? He cuts the ball. He touched the ball. He opens the game for the rest of the people. And he, when he has the, the the time or the shot, he just do the shot. And he used to do big goals the first season. Maybe you remember four of those goals was out of the box. And um, that's why they call him Pata Vendita, because I like the way who the the style that this player uh, makes. And then the it came the the... He breaks the 
the leg, the arm. I, I don't remember. He was mm -hmm. uh, injury. Yeah, groin. And uh, yeah, and he gets out like for one season. Uh, but at the first of the season, it was Jack play for me was the magic on the field. And then Guido took this magic and do it for himself. And Guido, sometimes he makes some walls and start to dancing. And I, I was like, I, I like that when he dancing, when he makes the walls and dance. But uh, if I have a favorite uh, player, mm -mm. I believe every every game is it's different for, for all the players. But I, nicknames, I got nicknames for... I was just going to say, you have nicknames here. I didn't, <laughs> you know, you have one for Jack Blake. What other nicknames do you guys have? Well, Jack Blake is Pata Bendita for me. And Stoneman, I, I put him La Mole. La Mole, it's the, like the four Fantastics in Spanish. We call him the mole, uh, La Mole. Mm -hmm. And in English, he was the, I don't remember in English, it was the name for the, this fantastic four. Um, and it is, uh, who else? Como te quiero, Tommy. Even Conway, right now I put it the jet because he was pedal, uh, he's faster. So I put him the jet. And Kyle Basel, I uh, put it in the name of, of Toro because he's strong, you know, when he's in the area, he's like an Italian strong Toro. <laughs> so I put it the Toro Basel. And who else? Coque uh, was, he always had his Coque Vega, so I, I left them that one, the Spanish guy. And who else? Uh, Charlie Adams, like he's always the captain. I've I just left that one, the captain, Capitan Charlie Adams. And... And I believe that's it. Mm -hmm. I like that. See, I, I did not realize that we had a whole group of nicknames here over on the Spanish side. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that now. I'll try to work that a little bit into the podcast as well. And I've also seen you, Pony, after the match. I know sometimes you you interview Landon Donovan, right? Yes. And, and so what's that for? Uh, because we use it on our, on our news uh, shows for them. Um, if they play in a weekend, we use all these um, answers that Landon Donovan does on, on Mondays. We have uh, the, all the goals of the, of the team and of, of the game. And then finally, we got uh, Landon Donovan with uh, his opinion about the games. Really just, just news for the people. Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's that's what I mean. Plus, I can tell you this too. Pony asks great questions. Seriously, I yeah, mean, but I'm, not always Landon wants to answer those. No, well, that's Landon <laughs> for you. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you now because Jordan and I, in our first segment, we're talking about the win against Colorado Springs this past weekend, maybe the best win of the year. I asked Landon, if, I said, "Do you think it is?" He goes. All the wins are the same to me. I went, okay, Landon, thanks a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm always asking because it's, it's something I see in this team that um, they doesn't knew how to close the games the last 15, 20 minutes. It's hard for this team to close the games or it's hard to close them if they win in, or it's so easy to win the games if they're losing or mm. tie the games. It's the last... 20 minutes are crazy minutes for me. And I always ask Landon Donovan what's happening with the defense or, or if the strategy or, or, how, or why he makes a lot of change maybe on, on the game or why the, the 11 guys who start the game doesn't start the next game. 
But it is hard when you have a season of 32 games. So I try to understand that because it's really different here in Mexico when you have only uh, 17 weeks to play. It's kind of different. But yeah, yeah, sometimes uh, I ask hard questions to Landon. <laughs> Good. Good. He can take it. Right? Yeah, he can take it really well. He just give me like a total hole and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Pody, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, you can uh, follow me with an uh, Instagram. It's Pony Jimenez, P-O-N-Y and Jimenez like Spanish. And Twitter is the same one, Pony Jimenez. Yes, and you get to see Pony's trip to, uh, where were you, Europe recently? Yeah, yeah, I went to Europe, uh, Turkey, Paris, and Greece. Yeah, we like I deserve travel. this vacation. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. We will yeah, see you yeah. on Saturday night? Yes, 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 I want to be there. Cool, we're I'm excited you're back, Pony. Yes, I want to be there, and I hope we can. I can have more goals because this weekend I didn't do anything. Elias has the, the two goals uh, against... Um, it was Las Vegas. Orange County. Orange County, yeah. And in this uh, game, it was only for ESPN, so I couldn't make that one. Right. Next time, I want to have my goals. <laughs> we'll see you at Torero this weekend. Thank you, brother. Yes, yes, yes. I will see you there, guys. Thank yeah. you, buddy. And I hope you have the beer over there, Jordan. Ah, no, realmente los datos son de Sean, pero pues ahora se los estoy robando. Bueno, ya se me hacía demasiada belleza, pero bueno, un buen saludo, señoras y señores. Se viene el cuarto, Tommy Mocho, van de Mocho, van de servicio, gol. presente en el torero Stereum y a través de la señal de su pantalla 4-0, repito, Ricardo Pony Jiménez. Darren, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app. It's the world's leading platform for personal training available in the App Store and Google Play. All right, Jordan, Western Conference standings, here you go. San Antonio Football Club still sitting on top of the West with 40 points, 17 matches in. Just talked about it. Colorado Springs, 36 points, 17 matches. Loyal, 18 matches in, 34 points, sitting third. El Paso, fourth. Sacramento, Los Dos, New Mexico. That's your top seven in the Western Conference. Finishing it below the playoff line, Las Vegas Lights, Oakland Roots, RGV, Phoenix, Phoenix, Orange County, and Monterey, 11, 12, and 13 in the Western Conference. That is something to see. And, man, that's not going well for some of the power that we've noticed over the last couple of seasons. Wow, Darren, slow down. You're being very aggressive saying that Loyal are in a really good spot to get a home playoff game this year. There's still 16 games to go. I hear what you're trying to say with those standings and I hear the inflection. I hear the excitement. There's still a long way to go to talk that way, to talk about a home playoff game for the first time. 
Yeah, Love Jordan, I wouldn't make season. that mistake two seasons in a row. Would I? I would never do that. I would never start talking about hosting a home playoff match no. back-to-back seasons. I feel like I learned my lesson pretty well last year. So, At, Which is why. Which some is optimism, why... but I, I would say I'm not going to officially make that declaration. We got at least, you know, let's get, uh, how about we get 25 or 26 in first? Right, which is why we're not going to bring up the fact that a small gap is being created between the teams that would have a home game and a road game. We're not going to bring that up. Okay. okay. We're not going to bring that up at all. I'm we're not going to bring it up. We're just going to live in the moment. You we're know why we're not going to bring gonna it up? forward to Saturday night because Loyal's going to play shorthanded yes. with no Kyle Vassell and no Grant Stallman, right, who has to sit out after picking up a red card Correct. for yellow card accumulation this past weekend. Which is why we're not going to bring up the fact that there's a little gap being created in the standings that would allow San Diego to play at home in the postseason for the first time ever. We're just not going to bring it up. Now, one of the other reasons we're not going to bring that up is because – it's a pretty tough schedule coming up. The next two matches are against playoff teams. If the season ended today, they would be in the postseason. They just wrapped up a game against the playoff team. Uh, they still on their schedule. Loyal still have everyone to play in the top seven out West. Everyone who is in a playoff spot is still on our schedule. So we have some tough teams still, um, including that number one overall team that you mentioned, San Antonio. They're the only team that we play twice. So it's not an easy schedule down the stretch. It's, it is no time to get comfortable and talk about securing a home playoff game because it's just too early for that conversation. It is too early. Indeed. We're into the month of July since we've last chatted. So Los Dos home against Colorado Springs home against RGV three straight home matches. Then at orange County home against San Antonio uh, is the first week of August. So not too bad, though. Not crammed in. A lot of matches early, so spread out a little bit here over the month of July. I know it's quality, but at least it's not quality with a bunch of annoying travel and connecting flights and the like, like what we've already seen. We referenced it a little bit earlier about Colorado Springs being perhaps the win of the season. Open to your interpretation. The reason that Phoenix match was memorable was because that was the back end of a back-to-backer away so you know that that stuff matters travel here is not a bunch of charter flights it's not a it's not a deep travel budget you know you gotta go and connect and all that sort of stuff so you know when you can do that sort of thing and you can be successful especially on the back end of back-to-back road matches yeah i mean that's that's why that stuff stands out I'm very excited for this weekend. San Diego hosting Los Dos. Los Angeles going to be in town. I picked up 10 tickets for this match. Really? Yeah. Who you got? We got a, I'm, I'm rolling deep. Sounds like rolling deep. It's also a What sort of mayhem are you going to be into there? What, what sort of chaos are you getting into on Saturday night? Listen, man, it's a loyal match. It's go time. We ain't messing around. Saturday night. You're ready to rock. You got 10 deep. We're rolling 10 deep. Look at you. That's how we do it. Where are you pregame? Uh, with you. Okay. With champagne. And like Buena Vesa. I think there's a giveaway this weekend. Isn't there a scarf Scarves, giveaway? Yeah. Yes, scarf yeah, giveaway. First couple thousand, I think it is. Oof. Salute to service night. I'm looking at the picture right now. Let me ask you this before we wrap up. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 20 minutes? I'm not a one. <laughs> mm, one. I don't know. How many do you think you could eat? Not 63. Oh, was today? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, Fourth of July, yeah. they did the hot dog eating competition. Yeah. I can't watch that. That's disgusting. Sixty-three. I think he got sixty-three down. It was in the sixties. I know that. Started with a six. 
Yeah, not impressive. I don't know. You're not impressed by that. No, it's like not one of those like, I'm not even mad at you, Baxter. You ate the whole wheel of cheese type of thing. I think it's just it's just <laughs> gross. It's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, like I could do two max. You think all you and your nine friends or whomever it is that you're rolling with, 10 deep, you think you guys can get through 60 hot dogs oh, during a 90 minute match? No. No way. That's six per person. That's no. that's disgusting. No, because the that, amount someone's gonna have to pick up my slack. So all right. Talk to you next week.